0: views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 1049FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490.
1: Gas drinking, piston clanking, air polluting,
2: smoke belching, four wheeled buggies from Detroit City. Then pay attention, I'm about to sing your
1: song, huh?
2: Well, I'm not a man to point a judge, very willing to hold a grudge, but I think it's time to sent me a few charts. All right, welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, along with me, riding shotgun, my buddy, Mr. Jim Mooney from Frontier Towing, for all of your towing needs. We've been talking about a little bit of everything to start. In fact, uh, we need to talk about one other little thing before I take off for the second hour. How about these automotive crashes that Jim goes out and picks up? And and has to tow them into a collision shop. Spectrum Ina Road Auto Collision 744-4454. They can handle anything that you can break on a vehicle. If it's repairable, they can do it there. As far as paint and body, uh, they do a lot of mechanical work because that's part of that's the nature of the business. But they do primarily paint and body. If you have a blisters where your car is now camouflaged instead of having it nice uh, brown or black color, and it's got all these blisters on it so that in the the daylight or just in the early morning, dawn, uh, in the evening, uh, when you choose to run without your running lights or any lights on, uh, you're real hard to see. They can take care of that. They can match the paint. They can do the top. They can do the hood and they can match it as close as it can possibly be done to the existing paint that you have on there. So Ina Road Auto Collision, 4425 West Ina. Um, I think it's forty-four twenty. 4420. Yeah, 4425 West Ina behind the Jiffy Lube. And they've got a, a place there. They've been around a long time. They know exactly what they're doing, so... If you run into anything that has to do with body work, and just give them a call at five twenty seven four four forty four twenty four, I think. Yeah. Forty four you got I'll get it. get all the numbers right a minute. Is that right? Did I get that right, Jim? You you got it right. Oh. It right. <laughs> all right, well that that would be good. Forty four fifty four. Okay, is the phone number. Um uh, But good place, good place, honest people, give you a good job. They process them as fast as they possibly can uh, and still get it right first time. And, of course, my old buddy from Frontier Towing, 748-1100, 748-1100. A lot of times we get talking, we forget to even give Frontier Towing's phone number out, and he's one of the major sponsors of this program. So, Jim, I appreciate that guy. And I just assume that since people hear you talking on the show all the time, they they know where your phone number is, and that's not correct. <laughs> 520-748-1100. Write it down, put it in your glove box, or put it someplace to where, When you have a mishap on the road, uh, your brains are going to try You're going. Your stress level is going to come up. You're not going to be thinking completely clear at that time. So that's what you need to do. Also, keep your insurance card handy. Because on your insurance card there's a number to report an accident, and you can get a hold to your uh, your insurance agent because you're going to need a claim num- claim number. Once you get a claim number, you can call uh, Spectrum, give them claim number, call Frontier, have it delivered to uh, Spectrum, and then let Spectrum do all the photo work that'll be needed to, for the to uh, sure up the claim and make sure it's correct. Because these cars, when you have a collision, what you see on the outside is not what you've got on the inside, trust me. They they go in, they have to pull that thing apart, they have to take pictures as they're going through for additional damage to this vehicle. You can bump the front end of a car in these late model cars, and you can break every stinking fastener from a front bumper to the rear bumper. And all of that has to be put back together But normally the reason those uh, fasteners break is because the body actually moved while being mounted to the uh, fender or something like that. Something moved. And so not only do they have to find out or replace these little plastic plugs They've got to find out why the plastic plug broke. And normally it's an alignment issue. The parts shifted in the front end. That's the reason these things are stinking expensive to get fixed now. So at Spectra Minor Road Auto Collision and Frontier Towing, you put those two combinations together and it pretty much gets you out of any kind of situation that you're in. Merrill's Automotive, 1500 or 5, 15 West Aho Way, 520, 807, four zero one zero. They have a machine shop on a Saturday that does rotors, drums, and flywheels. You you know, you do it yourself or if you need to get it done, you can call down at five twenty, eight oh seven, forty ten and see if they've got time to get your rotors turned today or your drums or the flywheel or all of the three so that you can get that vehicle back on the road by Monday morning. All right, now we were talking the first hour. We were talking about emergency management of your vehicle while you're in an emergency situation like they have in Florida. We're not going to regurgitate that up second time. I will tell you that we have three tickets left for the race tonight because calls number one, two, and three at 520 719 1490. 520 719 1490. That's three family four-packs of tickets. You've got four people you can get in on one ticket. They've got a race. The, race, the gates open at 5, and the racing starts at 630, and that's at Tucson Speedway. All right. We were talking about dirty fuels and what causes dirty fuels, and that pulled me right into another thing, and I told you about the powerservice.com. That's one of the best uh, algae eaters that you can put in a diesel. And don't even call me and say, I drive my truck so much, I run so much fuel through it, that algae just can't be hanging in there. I said the same thing a few years ago. My guys took my truck out of the parking lot, pulled it in the garage, and pulled the filters out, drained some stuff in it, and then brought it back to me and set it on my desk and it had Jell-O water in it. And I looked at it, and I'm going, Jell-O water? He said, yeah, that's that's allergy. Just before it goes into the full allergy part, that's that's what it uh, appears like. And I run so much in my diesel, I would have bet you money that I had none of this garbage left in my tank. Now, last week I told you one way to clean that tank is to use 5% biodiesel that you can get at Tucson Fuel over on uh, – West 22nd, now East 22nd, around the 800 block. And you can get 5% biodiesel, put it in that diesel, and it will clean. I mean it will clean it. Don't run the 99 if you run the 99, you just go ahead and buy yourself about three or four filters and keep it inside the truck because you're going to be changing them at the most inopportune places you ever imagine because it will plug those filters up. I was told about it. I didn't believe it. I tried it. I got burnt. And so three filters for 26 gallons of fuel, that's how dirty my tank was. And, by the way, this is a guy that drives it all time. Uh the fuel is on the bottom of the ground. You have the road temperatures coming up, and the bio the algae loves heat and so voila, you have a problem, so you can take me at my word for it, or you can go ahead and just go ahead and put the the one of the advantage of running a biodiesel the five percent it takes a lubricity factor back where they took out it takes a lubricity factor back to about a 1986 number. At that time, I think it was around 3,500 per million, and now it's 15 parts by million. 3,500 parts per million versus 15 parts per million. And so it gives you better lubricity in the engine. It actually quietens the diesel down. Uh, The fuel economy, pretty much the same. I didn't notice any decrease or any significant increase, and... So it works. So you can do that. My diesel is uh, okay with 20% biodiesel fuel in it, but I also know that 5% will get the job done for what I want done. I just want the tank kept clean. I'll just kept out of there, process it on through, and then I told you all of that to tell you this. They still make a fuel additive for biofuel. And so you can check on that. And I'd use that about once every probably four months in it and to keep that thing moving like it's supposed to be clean. Because if you don't keep your blood clean in your system, like if you have diabetes, for the people out there that have diabetes, you have a problem with the blood that circulates through your body. When that stuff acts up, you have a problem. Fuel or gasoline in a car does the same You've got to have it clean. It needs to be kept clean. It needs to be processed, and it needs to be taken care of. And you have to watch it. So, heads up. For ones that's a diabetic, we already have this figured out by now, and so we we do pay a little closer attention. Probably most of you do. Fuel filters. October is normally a month. And by the way, Happy October! Today's the first day of October. Woo-hoo. And sixty-four degrees outside. Gorgeous morning but october it'll start uh, you're seeing a little bit of change in the fuel that's coming out. We already have a lot of um uh alcohol in the fuel uh and they claim that when they go to the winter grade they add just a little bit more. I'm not sure of that I haven't talked to jesse and but it's you change your fuel filters once a year at a maximum. I mean, just once a year, just go ahead and put your fuel filter in, or I should say a minimum. But put your fuel filter in. The manufacturer says, oh, you can get away with the fuel filter for two years. Well, after just listening to what Jim said about the dirty fuel and stuff, can you? No. Uh, I Uh I do the fuel filter, and that is done once a year. And I do it on my diesel, do it on my cars, and I change it. And the month that I change it in is October. And that's mainly because there's no other thing going on. You don't have Thanksgiving coming up. And if you do, you've already got your filters changed. So you've got a little protection in your car to get you through the holiday of, of November. And then you've got another holiday in December. So get all your preventive maintenance done and your regular maintenance done. Try to get it done around October and uh, first part of November, or the first part of and or the first part of December, but you want it if you plan on going out of town, say okay. I need to find out if this thing is ready to go, and then you take it into your favorite shop. You have it, have them check everything out for you and give you a plus or a minus or a write-up on what you're going to need to repair before you start going on this trip. That'll allow you a chance to make it without any problems because a good shop like Parker, like Automotive Specialist or Simmons, will check everything on that car. And as far as the tires, the brakes, uh, the fluid levels, everything, the belts, the timing belt or chain any kind of noise, any kind of oil leaks you have, anything that would stop you on the side of the road to where Jim has to come out and get you with Frontier Towing and take you back into a shop, to the closest shop, by the way. And um, so that's one way to prevent that. That's all I got to say about that. Jim, you want to add something to it?
0: Uh, Yeah, on your fuel filter changing the... um, um Jerry's talking about the, ch- the changes in the filters. The um, When I was doing my fuel test, knowing how dirty the fuel was, it, that dirt gets collected in the filter. But not all of it. Some of it passes through. And Jerry can attest to this. Anybody can attest to this. Uh, Brian Fuller, Parker Automotive, just Simmons can attest to this. That dirt that goes through that filter gets into the injection pump fuel pump, injection pump, whatever. And you know what it's going to do? It's going to wear it out. Because dirt, grime in, in a machine surface does not make it go well. It's going to wear it out. So the reason why I change your filters is so that you can minimize that debris and dirt into your injector pump. Now on a on a on Jerry's truck, um, his Dodge, it's probably fifteen hundred dollars for the injector pump, the little pump. So now, don't get me wrong.
2: On a good you're, day, you're, you're, you're gonna get
0: on a good day. You're gonna get a sticker shock when you go to buy that filter, and it's sixty-five bucks. So let's see, how many is that? Sixty-five. Ten of them would be six hundred. So you could have changed it what thirty times to get to fifteen. Eight that'd be eighteen hundred dollars. <laughs> um, that's a, that's a, you know, if you don't, if if you did it, you know, if you did it twice a year, that's fifteen years, you know, for thirty for thirty rotations. Um, that's probably, that's right. you know, fifteen years. You're probably going to get two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand miles on it in that much time. Um, but uh, just just let you know that the reason why we stress these filters is the dirt that, and even on oil, it, it oil filters, air filters, it's all the same the dirt that gets inside the components just acts like sandpaper and it just, it just wears stuff out and you can wear it out fast or you can wear (laughs) it out slow. Your choice. If you don't, if you don't change your filters and you don't maintain it, you get to wear it out fast and then, then you get to be in breakdown mode. And now, now you're in breakdown mode. Well, (laughs) okay, the hurricane's coming and you're in breakdown mode. Yeah, not a great place to be. So, um, and not, not that filters are perfect, you know they they don't, they get most of stuff out, but they can't get everything. And the reason why I tell you that is because if they got everything, nothing would flow through them. So fuel's going to flow right. through them at a rate at a rate to make the engine run, which means that there are going to be particles that pass through them, and there's just no way around it. So the best you can do is just to keep That's on right. just to keep on top of the maintenance. So.
2: That's what Most I got of the little cars now have turbo – well, that is an excellent point. I want to add to it. Most of your uh, little cars now coming out with these little four-cylinders is turbocharged. A turbocharger on the front of the car is like driving down the road with a shop vac, with a shop vac, a vacuum cleaner, to the front. It sucks all that stuff in. And when you replace the filters, don't go to a parts house and have your old filter in your hand out of a diesel, and you find this automotive filter that's the same physical size, and you think, oh, well, I'll just replace it with this filter. It's about a third the price of the diesel filter. Don't do it. It'll suck that thing in through the turbo. That's how much power that these turbos pull in there in that restricted area. And I've seen people put them in and didn't catch them. I, well, actually, I caught one a day later and told the guy, "What is this? This doesn't have. This is not a diesel filter." He said, "Well, it's the same size. I don't care. There's nothing to keep this. That diesel pulls a lot of air through here. It will suck your filter through." And he says, "Okay." I said, "There's a parts house down the road about three miles. I want you to go down there. I want you to get a filter before you go home." You do that, if you ignore me on this one, I don't want to hear it when you cry about the filter. Well, about two weeks later, three weeks later, I was called. And this Ford that had this wrong filter in it was bad. It was so bad it went in through the uh, turbo in the engine. And he says, how much is a 7.3 motor? And I'm going, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I told him. I explained it. I did everything I possibly could to save this guy that expense. So, people, the old thing, it won't happen to me, is a crock. It can happen to anybody, anyone, anywhere, at any time. You just don't know it. And if you did, if you were smart enough or you did have that adequate information, uh, you wouldn't even need insurance. I mean, you have insurance on your medical, uh, and we complain about that because it's expensive. And you have insurance on your teeth. We complain about that because it's expensive. Well, you drop that insurance and go in and pay for that $42,000 because you ripped your hand out at the lakes, and you got blood poisoning to go with it. Uh, That's when that insurance, all of a sudden, it is not so expensive. When you have it, that, your teeth that start falling apart and you go in and you have to have a root canal or or teeth extracted or fillings or caps or uh, teeth replaced, uh, it's not inexpensive. It's massively expensive. So it's kind of like, you know, you, you either do or you don't. The option is still yours. If you're going to have something that can go out and cost you a lot of money, put insurance on it. Um, you know, on the cars, if you'll run 15, if you put 15 cents in for every mile that you drive, put it in a savings account marked automotive repair. And then if that thing runs about a year, you're going to find out that your automotive account repair is pretty doggone good as far as handling the repairs and stuff that you need. You let it run three years, and you don't really need it. You've got a pretty good little nest egg just in case something happens major to the vehicle, you can get it paid for. And I've said this before. When people have an engine problem or transmission problem, they think, oh, my gosh, I'll just trade it, and I'll get another used vehicle. Uh, No. Think about it. If the body's still good on it you still like the car, you've got a history on that car, go to your credit union instead of your savings account. Go to your credit union, get the money, get it for 12 months. Most of your vehicles have anywhere from a 12- to 36-month warranty on whatever they put in there. If it's a full-blown Jasper engine, it's got a 36-month, 100,000-mile on it, parts and labor. Go down, get the money, put the Jasper engine in it, in the vehicle that you already have a history on what the differential is, the brakes, you've maintained it, life is good, and get it from a credit union or your bank because you will pay that back. You think, well, I'll just get it out of my savings account. Then I can just, you know, reimburse it back to the savings account. The chances of you doing that are not very good because you'll say, oh, well, you know, I want a big screen TV and this one's on sale, $900, so I'll just get this. And you think, well, you know, so instead of paying your savings account back for the auto repair, you go ahead and you buy the TV. But if you owe it to your credit union, you say, nope, got to pay this thing. So you pay the credit union back. You still have your money in your savings account to cover you for anything else that you run up across. So this is just something... That I learned when I was working for Citibank, you 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 plan for the you you plan for the worst and hope for the best, and that seems to work out pretty good for the people on this. Uh, I know I know this stuff. I've been around financing and I've been around uh, banks, and you know I just know it, and I know how this stuff works, and I know how it affects the motor in public. Not everybody can sit there and write a check for seventeen thousand dollars because you didn't listen to Jerry when he told you to get the uh, get it fixed. And by the way, they did buy an engine; they did get it put in. And uh, this time, he listened. And just because you can get – and be careful with – they make air filters the same way they make oil filters. There are different grades. There are different prices. And there's different performance levels on these products. Most of the air filters, after they get so much dirt held in them, they start bypassing, like Jim was talking about it. We used to call it a Yuma board job because you get all that dust particles and stuff. It goes past the filter because the filter's plugged up, and the smallest amount – of dust and stuff will actually start going through the filter it'll catch your chunks but it won't catch the dust and we called it a Yuma board job when you mix that in with an area that's sealed up and is not supposed to have that crap in there then you're asking for problems you will get the problem trust me you just absolutely will wind up with that problem if you start shortcutting the little things on a vehicle uh, uh, fuel filter. Jim mentioned that. Yeah, fuel filters, like everything else on the stinking car now, are expensive. And everything, everything, everywhere. Go to the grocery store. That's expensive. You can't go anywhere without it being almost one and a half times more than what it originally cost. I don't care if you go to a, to a McDonald's. I don't care if you go to a restaurant. I don't care where you go. It's expensive. That's just what we're in now. That's the stage that we're in. So, don't cheat on the filters. Now, Merle's carries a Wix filter, W-I-X. Wix has been around a long time. I've used them. I like them because the technical end of that thing is they do a, just a little better job at keeping all of this stuff out. I don't need a major job. A filter is a filter is a filter the way most people think. No, they're not. Okay. There's difference in them. That's a reason. There's a difference in the prices on them. Uh, Wix has a cheaper filter. Wix has a good filter. I buy the good filters. I don't want cheap inside of a, a engine that's going to cost me twenty thousand dollars to have it replaced. So, you know, just due diligence. Pay attention. Don't buy the cheap stuff. And when I tell you to run a gas additive in your vehicle, I'm not kidding. I know why you run a gas additive in the in the filter. When I tell you to go ahead and do a uh, clean out the th- uh, throttle plates, the air dam up in front on the, the nozzle that feeds the air through to the engine itself. When we tell you to clean that up, uh, there's a reason. My my brother calls it blow calls it blowing its nose. He loads that thing down with all that spray foam. And then he runs it out, and he he does that once a year on his cars. His cars run perfect. He's got an Impala that's running 204,000 miles now. It can't run any better. It just doesn't run any better because he has maintained that thing ever since, well, ever since he got it because I've been talking to him ever since he's got it. I can say, Bobby, I want you to go out there, and I want you to pour a gas of diesel fuel in the tank. And before I can get it out of my mouth, he's got the dash of, you know, and me kidding with him. He would have it done before I get through talking. And he just, you know, and it's it's, it's pretty much proven, you know. I don't tell anybody anything on the radio. I won't tell my own family. And the ones that listen get away with it. The ones that don't listen, like my brother John in Chesapeake, Virginia, that didn't believe that you actually need to change your cabin air filter on your vehicle. That is another filter. If it is a filter, it's just like the filters in your house for your air conditioning, for your clean air, and all of this. It needs to be changed. By the way, your air filters in your house with air conditioning, as hot as it is in Tucson with the amount of time that we use it, they need to be changed once a month. And so it's that's just one on the in-home air filter. You don't have to believe me on that either. But get good filters when you do it. Put them in there. Get them in. You'll breathe better. You'll live better. And, of course, Arizona don't have any dust or any wind blowing or anything like that, so you don't have to worry about that. Right. You know, can't hardly breathe. And the wind blowing yesterday, It's it'll be blowing again today. But you know, it's good. I'd rather live here than be in a mess like they are in Florida right now or Carolinas or anything else. That storm's going right on up the coast. Uh, sitting here watching my big screen TV on mute on the weather station. It's kicking crap out of this country again. You got snow in Montana. You got rain like a son of a gun up the East coast. So hey, it could be worse. Anyway, so fuel. The top-tier fuels that Jim was talking about, that is real, um, as we've discussed before. You want to keep the fuel filters changed. You want to keep the air filter changed. The air filter people say, or that's recommended, oh, change your air filter once a year. That's for people that run it inside of a room, I guess. It's not in Arizona. Arizona has a phenomenal amount of dirt and wind blowing all the time, and it's dry, and it's up there. You check your filter about every, uh, if you go 60 days and check your filter, or especially every time you go in and have the oil service, you check that air filter make sure that sucker's clean. You can pull it out and beat it off on the bumper to shake all the dirt out of it. You can you can knock a big, big chunks of dirt out on the bumper, and you say, oh, well, I got it down, so it's good to go, and you'll stick it back in so I can get some more life out of this thing. Uh, yeah, the life you want out of that filter is to allow that vehicle to run from there to a Merle's and get you another good filter and change that filter in the parking lot if you want to down there. They don't care. and Or you just pick it up and you take it back home. You change that filter, and now you've got it, and you write it down so you'll know when the next one is supposed to be due based on time. But if you're driving here to Phoenix and you run through a habu, I'm going to tell you something. If you can get that filter changed in Phoenix, you do it. Because I'll guarantee you, your filter is absolutely stuffed full of garbage. So that I know for a fact. So And so is your cabin air filter. Cabin air filters are out of sight, out of mind. Oh, yeah, you know, and then every now and then you'll get a little whiff or something, smells like you left part of your sandwich sucked up in the in Hivac the system. And when you do that, cabin air filter. But try to do it on a regular basis and you won't be having that problem and it'll also keep the resistance down for the little electric motors that run inside the the fans and stuff inside your high back system. It won't stress them out and you won't have to be going in there tearing the dash apart and replacing these little motors. So that'll save you some money too. Um, on your uh, additives... Run the additives, but don't run too much, don't run too much if you're gonna um I recommended it, to put two I recommended to my brother when he bought a little sixty or seventy nine Mustang It had a little performance engine in it, aluminum block, and he called me and he said, "Well, it's only got thirty two thousand miles on it, and I said, then it's really plugged up. He said, "Yeah, I thought I'd go ahead and blow its nose and then I'll use some additive." And he said, how much additive, uh, what additive do you recommend? And I told him. he said, "Uh, what, uh," and I said, I want you to put two in it. I want you to put two cans in it to start with, and I want you to run it up the road. Instead of fifth gear, I want you to run it in fourth gear and keep the RPMs up, run it for about 100 miles. And it's going to cough a little bit. It's going to sputter a little bit. But after a certain period of time, it'll start running. He did. He running it about 65 miles before it ever started clearing out and running like it was supposed to. And that worked. He blew its nose. It worked a little better. And so it's just a matter of it, – it's not a matter of having this crud and and uh, sediment built up in these vehicles. It's there. It's part of the process. If If you have gasoline running through a steel line and it comes out of a tank – And it runs through the steel line up to the filter, and then it goes from a filter into the injection system. You still have crud in there if you don't change the fuel filter. And the fuel filter builds up pressure. It puts more work on the fuel pump inside the tank, and that's what causes most of these fuel pumps to go out in the tanks. There are exceptions to every rule. Chevrolet used to have a... About a hundred of them in stock at our local Chevrolet dealership in the uh, mid, uh, mid to late 70s and mid 80s on uh, on the G on the pickups because they would just they would just go out at about 60,000 miles. So somebody'd call you on the line on the phone says, "Hey, I got a problem with the fuel delivery system. What year vehicle do you have?" And they tell you the make model. Say, yeah, probably the fuel pump." And then you you bring it in, you pull his filter off and you check his filter and the son of a gun is almost plugged to the point you can't even blow air through it. That creates a problem. And that creates additional expense on you. And for some reason everybody that brings a truck in that has a fuel delivery problem, if it's going to be in the tank, that tank will have be it'll be full. They filled it up on the way down and then we have to find all the containers to drain it out in so that we can put it back in the vehicle when we get done because that thing has to come down and out. And to bring a full tank down on a hoist, down to the ground, it's got weight in it that's continually shifting. It's almost, it's about a four-man job to bring one down on a, on a lift. And a four-man job to put it back up if you're fortunate enough to get it up without dropping the tank in the floor, because it wants to shift and it's just it's, it's like a gallon of water. that's half full or a gallon of water that has some room to move in it. It moves around. It's harder to carry than like a, a cinder block. So keep that in mind. Anything you would like to add to that, Mr. Jim? Oh, on the on your
0: filters. I know there's some guys out there, you know, listening to us who will say, oh, I don't have to worry about that. I run a can-in filter. Right? Can-in filters are wonderful. They're great. They're expensive. But you know mm-hmm. what? they got to mm-hmm. be cleaned. you got to clean them. If, and they are pain. you got to take them out, wash them off, dry them off, and then recoat them. And... Probably a thirty-minute job to do it right. By the time you get them out, soak them down, get it dried out, clean them off, and then get and then re-oil them properly. You can't just you can't you know if you want it to work properly, you got to do it right. And if you don't do it, well then it's about as effective as the dirty air filter that you got from any from AutoZone. It doesn't it's it's no good either. So if you're going to run the aftermarket uh, reusable filters, they need maintenance too. And, of course, you know. And you have to read
2: the instructions.
0: Read instructions. I hear this a lot. Well, it's good for 50,000 miles. Okay. Because every condition is the same, and that's a normal driving circumstance. And 50,000 miles, did you even remember how long ago you did it? Did you write it down? Does anybody have any idea how many 50,000 miles ago it was? Was fifty thousand miles? Is that,
2: exactly. If you
0: drive that, that's two years on on twenty five thousand miles. At fifteen thousand, that's three years. It, really, you only change your air? You only want to service your air filter once every three years? Does that? I mean, that even for a washable filter, does that sound like a good idea, Jerry?
2: I wouldn't think so. So mm-hmm. you know, even if you've got you can buy, filter, you can buy you can. You can get the K&N filter, and K&N filter has a couple of things. One, you've got to remember to change it, like Jim has just said. You've got to remember to change that thing. You've got to remember to check it. Uh, when you clean, I recommend if you're going to buy a single K&N filter, you get another one while you're there, just like it. It'll be in a box. It'll be ready to go. So then when you pull your other K&N filter out, because people have a tendency to use an air hose and blow it dry, it's a gauze filter. It will disturb and break the uh, fiber inside the gauze, which makes that a leak inside that filter. So you pull them out, you clean them out, and I'll tell you what I did to one of mine, just to test it one time, see if it worked, and it did. Um, but... You pull it out, you clean it out, you can use Dawn dishwashing liquid and a container of water, hot water, and let it sit in there and it will break down the oil and stuff. Then you rinse it out, then you put it back in there and make sure you got it clean, you rinse it out again. Then you take it out in the sunlight and you let the sun dry it. It's supposed to be dried. It, It takes, actually if you do it the way it's recommended, it'll take you about two and a half hours to do it. And that's when you get it out and start to process. What I did one time, (coughs) without my wife knowing it, I put it in a dishwasher just to see what it would do. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, that thing come out perfectly clean. And then when I took it out of the dishwasher, of course, it weighed about 50 pounds because it was still soaking wet. And I take it out, and I set it on top of a chiminea in the backyard where the sun can hit it all day long and let it dry out. Then you take that little spray. The one that everybody thinks a little bit is not enough and needs to be more, so I'll just put more on it. Until, no, all you do with that little can of spray, that oil that you put back on that can in filter, is just to where you think it's turning pink. I mean, just to where you think it's turning pink. And if you've got a, uh, uh, a color issue, with this stuff, you have somebody else to spray it on there. It's just to where you think it's pink because that will saturate perfect. If you put too much on it, it actually restricts the filter that's working on it. It will suck that all right through that filter right down your intake uh I know I put it on my son I did it on my son's race car one time. And when I did that, uh, he doesn't have to worry about his carburation or anything on the inside ever rusting again because it pumped that stuff right through. It just sucked that filter dry. And he hit the roof, and he should have. You know, I should have been paying more attention. And so I know that you can't do that. We actually had a guy come in that had changed his K&N filter. He drove it in. And, by the way, this was about a month after I'd I soaked the race car filter and he'd come in and he had a Ford truck. He just put a can in or just did the service on his K and N filter and put it back in and the truck didn't even want to run. He had no power. I mean it was just he said it's starving for something. And so a little conversation later he told me what he'd done. I so said, Let's go take a look. When I picked up his filter out of the <laughs> out of the box, he had so much oil in that thing. It was still dripping when I pulled the filter out. And I said, okay, this is what we need to do. And I took it around to the vat, and I took some cleaner, and I cleaned the filter out for him. And then I said, unfortunately, it's got to dry out now. And he says, oh, uh, well, I've got a brand-new one in the truck. And I said, put the brand-new one in it. We'll take the box as you the brand-new one comes out of. We'll put the plastic back over or we'll leave this one open, put it in a box, and you let it dry out completely. And then only put a little bit of the the oil back in it just to where you think it's turning pink because that will do it. And put the new filter in this truck, and the thing will run like a brand new one. Got the other one done. Um, you know, so life is good. And that is real-life stuff. That is actually what happened. So when I tell you don't spray that thing down to where it looks like it's a pink filter, uh, don't do that. Trust me, don't do it because it it re, it actually restricts that filter. Is a and n filter better than a, a brand-new Wix filter? It's n- not really because the high-dollar Wix filter will filter and a, will filter and will allow the air to come through it. The, one of the benefits of the K&N filters, it does allow more air to go in through the engine at a higher RPM, and it will also stop the garbage coming through, but they have to be prepped. And you can get your money's worth out of a and n filter if you service the filter. If you don't service the filter correct, you're just, you're wasting your money. So, yeah, you can put it in, and you say, I can drive it two years, three years. Hey, people, I've seen filters in trucks that the people have driven for two and three and four years, and they had a runability problem also. They kept losing power, losing power, losing power. And so that's the reason you change the filters to keep it clean on the inside of the engine. That is what filters the air, and that's what filters the gasoline. And that's how you keep the inside of the engine. I mean, you've, you've got an issue with the fuel and gasoline. The Jim's already told you why it's that way. And so now you have to protect it the best way you can, which is the filtration system on these vehicles. They're put on there for a reason. We know that filters have a certain restriction to airflow going to an engine. That's the reason we keep clean air filters on them and allow it to go. Ideally, you just take the air filter off and let that carburetor or fuel injection system and let the air just go right in it willy-nilly. Well, on the late mobile cars, they don't work that way because they've got computers that tell you, oh, no, way too, too lean. we got way too much air going in this engine. Okay? So that's the reason you've got computers on cars, to help the people that had not figured it out yet what's going on, because we didn't really have a reason to figure it out until all this technology started coming in. Then all of a sudden these vehicles started lasting longer and more dependable, and the engines do last longer. The transmissions last longer. But I will stick to my guns. If it's liquid, it needs to be changed. If it's a filter, it must be changed and that way you can stay on top of this. Another thing we haven't covered recently is the cooling system on these cars. General Motors, you're when they come out with these cars and any any other manufacturer now, some of them come out and say you don't have to do anything to this for 150,000 miles. Okay, good. You don't you run I don't know of a liquid that lasts 150,000 miles. All the molecules in motor oil will last 150,000 miles. It'll last almost indefinite because they use them on the, these big radar sites like on Mount Grime, Mount Graham. They use used motor oils because the molecules on a used motor oil do not go away. They flatten out. So they give you a layer of lube for slow moving things like a telescope. An engine is not a slow moving thing. You've got shear strength in there. You need to round molecules so that it'll flow and keep going and protect the engine components. And when you, at RPM, used motor oil will service engine components at an idle. But when you bring the RPMs up and uh, the oil starts circulating, and plus it doesn't have the additives in it, to keep it clean, to keep it moving. That's the reason you change these filters, and that's the reason you change motor oil. You know, if you're running a synthetic, like an AMSOIL synthetic, it's got uh, 12 months or 25,000 miles in it, that stuff works because I've already tested it. It works. It works 12 months, 14,000 miles. So, all right, we got a call. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, uh, George, he wants to talk about the topic you're on about, the fuel filters. All right, let's go with George. George Goodman,
1: welcome to ESPN. Morning, Jerry. Morning, Jim.
2: How are you, you doing?
1: I'm doing fine. A question All right. for you guys is when when do I change an tank fuel filter? Uh, Before it goes, how do I know it's going to go bad or before it goes bad to know when to change it? Mine's been in my truck since 2005. I don't have any runability issues right Mm -hmm. now. 160,000 miles, but should I just be changing it now as a matter of course? Or do I wait till I get some symptoms?
2: Uh, No. By the time you get symptoms, you've already done additional problems to the fuel pump itself. Okay. You know, if so you if you healthy. wait till you get symptoms, one, I don't know a fuel filter that that has run that far. So evidently, do you use uh, gas treatment?
1: Yes, occasionally, not all the time,
2: but occasionally. But you okay? So you use gas that helps it It keeps everything broken down and moving. Um. You probably haven't noticed that your vehicle is not responsive as it used to be because you're evidently you're not a hot rodder, Uh, but you've got just enough fuel to go in and service the engine, probably at a cruising speed around anywhere from 1400 to about 1800 RPM. Change the
1: filter. All right, we'll just make a plan to do that, all right, and uh, as you said, Go into the shop with uh, a near empty tank, right?
2: I'm sorry, I didn't hear you.
1: I said that if I take it in to make sure I have the gas tank almost empty.
2: <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have any problems. It's not a runability issue yet. And so you should be able to go ahead and take it in if it's a half a tank or a full tank or something like that. Since it, the fuel filter is going to be located on the frame or on the side of the engine, depending on what year it is. Yours is 2005. Uh, should be on the yeah, frame, it, it's, it's, maybe on the just before just no, it the it, engine. Yeah.
1: No, it's, it's in change
2: the, the filter. Okay. Okay? All right, well,
1: thank
2: you very much. All right, Betty. Thank you. Bye. All right. You, George, appreciate your call, Betty. 520-719-1490, if you want to jump in on filter changes or type of motor oil that runs longer or gas additives or uh, anything on the automobile as far as the maintenance to keep you from having to spend a, a lot of mega bucks out on uh, an engine or transmission. The other thing that really gets me going is the transmission fluid. Now, I'm sure that Jim and his trucks never changes the transmission fluid in his truck. He's got the big ones that, you, that uh, really don't overload or work or anything like that. If you have a transmission on a car or a pickup and you use that pickup for towing, that is massive severe duty on an automatic transmission. I know GM's got these fancy transmissions out at this work-like-a-dream behind that Duramax. And, well, Dodge and Ford's have good transmissions, too. The fluid will wear out. I use synthetic fluid in mine so that I can allow for me not remembering to change the darn thing on the interval. And then I can tow with it, and then I remember to change it. Right when you're towing and you think, oh, my gosh, when did I change the transmission fluid lately? Because the transmission will, if it starts foaming, the transmission fluid, if it foams on the inside of the transmission, it has these little air bubbles. Air bubbles pick up heat. Air bubbles have a tendency to circulate back to the transmission without busting, which means it takes the heat right back to the transmission, or some of it back to the transmission, which means that you're actually generating more heat than clean fluid if you were running clean fluid, because it's taking heat back to the transmission on the return line. So if you use a synthetic fluid in your transmission, they have an anti-foaming agent in the synthetic that is better than the anti-foaming that they have in the um, uh, regular Transmission fluid. But the main thing you got to do on transmission fluid, especially with these late model vehicles, is whatever the manufacturer recommends on these transmissions is what you use in them. Now, if you weren't supposed to change a fluid in a the transmission, they would not make that fluid for that transmission. Okay? So they can call it, it. they can camouflage it any way they want to. If you keep your transmission fluid serviced, and on my diesel on my 06 when I was towing and on my 99 when I was towing, on my uh, uh, 93 diesel when I was towing, I kept that transmission flushed at at, uh, 1,500 miles on the transmission because I was towing with it almost on a weekend basis, and I was towing a big load. I never had... When my I did have a transmission failure. It had 127,000 miles on it. I had been towing about 60 percent with that vehicle. When I, I took it in to pull the tranny, send it down to a transmission shop, the guy called me and said, "Jerry, you need to see this." And I went down there. He said, "This is the most perfect worn-out transmission I have ever seen. The it was worn completely out and as clean as a pin on the inside." He said that's the only way you can wear them out like this, if it's clean on the inside and it's just miles of hard work. It's a piece of mechanical piece. It's a mechanical piece. It's supposed to wear out. If it didn't, they, nobody would buy new vehicles. And if the engine didn't wear out, nobody would buy new vehicles. Now we see engines coming in the shop anywhere from 150 to 300,000 miles where they've kept them up. Brian Fuller's got a little Honda running over there. they got 450,000 miles on, them. And regular customers have been taking care of everything on the dime. Brian said, I'm convinced. If he said 3,000-mile <coughs> oil change and it'd come up to 3,000 miles and it's sitting in his house, he'd have it towed to the shop before he'd run it to the shop. But that's how you keep these things running. It's just like having teeth in your head. You stay on top of your teeth repair, and with a little bit of good luck, in addition to regular maintenance on your teeth, you'll keep them. You'll keep them. But the teeth are in your mouth. It's something that you don't really pay much attention to until you're brushing them on twice a day. But if you take it in, and then you may have a sweet tooth or something where you like a little bit of extra sugar and stuff like this, and so you wind up with it. But if you take care of it, a little bit of maintenance all the time, you won't have these massive breakdowns. And if you do, you won't even get mad because you've done everything you're supposed to do, and it was just a parts failure. So that works out. But if you get your little savings account going, ha- called automotive repair, and put it in a put it in a bank, put it in a union, credit union, a bank, I don't care what you do with it, as long as you save it, then you'll have the money to repair these things. And fifteen cents a mile, you think? Well, that that you know that that could get into a lot of money. Yeah, it does. You you think that'll get into a lot of money? Just uh, evidently you haven't had your vehicle fixed lately. THERE IS NO CHEAP REPAIR ON A VEHICLE THAT I KNOW OF LATELY. THE CHEAPEST REPAIR IS MAINTENANCE. YOUR REGULAR MAINTENANCE AND PREVENTIVE MAINTENANCE IS THE CHEAP REPAIR ON THAT VEHICLE THAT YOU'RE GOING TO OWN. I'VE TOLD YOU THIS STAT BEFORE. ASA RUN A 10-YEAR uh, STUDY ON PEOPLE WHO RUN PREVENTIVE MAINTENANCE AND THE PEOPLE WHO RUN JUST WITH BREAKDOWN MAINTENANCE. IN OTHER WORDS, you didn't TAKE IT TO THE SHOP, THE VEHICLE TOOK YOU TO THE SHOP. And the difference is almost forty to fifty percent savings on the maintenance or the repairs on that vehicle for the time you own it. That's how much you're going to save if you do preventive maintenance on these vehicles. Hey Jim, it's getting late. I didn't realize it's late. I've got to I got to take a few minutes and get these rest of these sponsors in. LensAutoBrokerage.com. Hey LensAutoBrokerage.com, DesertRV.com, AutomotiveSpecialistAZ.com, Brian's Place, Mister Test. First, don't guess. Five two zero five seven two seventeen thirty four is his business. Five two zero two thirty seven thirty eight fifty two is his cell number. Parker Automotive. They're the ones that said just do a little bit of maintenance on it all time. And then you won't be faced with these monster bills when you do take it into a shop once every three years or whatever you do. 520-323-1960. They're open Monday through Friday. They've got a full service center. It's an automotive service center. It's parkerautoaz.com. parkerautoaz.com. They're at 5101 East Speedway. Beautiful shop, locally home-owned and grown, good staff, good people. Merle's Automotive, they've got uh, com. Go to Merle's Automotive, locate the one nearest you, and and check out the parts and stuff. They'll help you. Then you got Simmons Driveline Specialist, 520-884-0217. That's another one that's out of sight, out of mind, is your drive shaft. So drive shaft U-joint should be changed at around 100,000 miles, even if it's just regular use. If it's not regular use or you use it as a hot rod, you might want to keep your eyes open for the drive shaft. When they come out on the freeway, they create a problem. All right, we're down to less than a minute on this stuff. Um, Jim, you got any parting comments?
0: Um <laughs> On your drive shafts, uh, grease them if you can. Um, if, if they don't, you're right. To check them, take them out and check them. Um, other than that, um, getting it close to the end. I think we have got a minute left now. Um, so everybody, it's it's again, it's super safe Saturday. Move over, slow down. Don't text. Don't drive. Don't drink and drive. One
2: minute.
0: If if you think you're gonna have, if you're gonna do something, get get a phone a friend. Get an Uber. Um, make sure you watch out for the potholes that are out there. Watch it watch for the bicyclists. There's lots it's a it's a beautiful Saturday morning. People walking, dogs, people riding yep. bikes are everywhere right now. 'Cause it's it's this is what this is the best time of Arizona weather right now. <laughs> Seventy degrees and it's and it's and it's sunny. So Watch out for the traffic watch out for the people out there and people walking, watch out for the traffic. Don't don't be cross don't be crossing the roads just because you think it's uh it's you have the right Absolutely. Of way. Absolutely. Other than that, be safe. Absolutely. Everybody have a great weekend.
2: Gary, all of the hey, pleasure is always until next Thanks weekend. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. And for the rest of you, we'll talk to you next weekend. Bye bye. God bless. Be safe.